0: Hello friends and welcome back to another episode of the Scare View. cast here and uh, this week I decided it was time to go further into a series that still baffles me that it took me this long to finally see them. Um, I'm just in love with the imagination of Clive Barker and I want more. I totally understand the obsession guys. I get it. So without further ado, let's, uh, let's dive into the world of Hellraiser 2. There's just something about those 80s, 90s trailers I just just absolutely love. So, Hellbound, Hellraiser 2 is the 1988 British-American horror film directed by Tony Randall and starring Claire Higgins, Ashley Lawrence, Kenneth Graham, and the one, the only, Doug Bradley. The film is the second in the Hellraiser franchise and or series and draws heavily upon... it's basically the same cast and crew. So it it really draws heavily on its predecessor. Absolutely love that it did too. I like picked up where that one left off, which is brilliant. So, uh, Hellraiser, Clive Barker, you know, he wrote this and had directed the previous one and uh, basically would help to write the story into the sequel and remain a, an executive producer, which I think kind of helped, you know, keep the essence alive that he he wanted these films to be because it tends to be once the der- the main you know creator steps aside we seem to lose that like you know that that wonderful spice that we just crave so much in these films but either way we kind of pick up with this British military officer Elliot Spencer and we see how he's transformed into the Cenobite pinhead and uh you know basically after he, he uses the uh, opening lament con- uh configuration. And shortly after um, we see poor Frank Cotton killed, Christy Cotton, you know, is immediately admitted into the psychiatric hospital. And it begins this like heavily interview process with the the police officers as well as staff, of course, going on and on about her murderous stepmother and how they have to get rid of the mattress. But little does she know that her doctor, her attending physician Actually obsessed with this whole Cenobite, you know, hell process. And here's this, gets the mattress and lo and behold, raises the one, the only Julia. And, uh, he starts kind of breed, you know, doing the same processes before, but bringing her mentally ill patients to feed upon. And, uh, you know, the whole hell process is brought forward, but we're introduced to, uh, a character who, very unique, Tiffany. She doesn't say anything, but is absolutely obsessed with puzzles. So the doctor uses her, of course, to uh, to finally unlock the lament con- configuration. And uh, this way he can enter the labyrinth-like world that Pinhead and the Cenobites occupy. It is fully hell. And I gotta say, if they could redo this film, that Leviathan labyrinth hell station would be so cool it would just oh, be amazing either way of course we see the doctor is transformed and left into this other type of Cenobite uh who's just that much more bizarre and twisted and of course we see kind of this Cenobite showdown which I thought was phenomenal just I don't know it was just that good classic 80s horror that I absolutely love and adore and we see of course how each one of these Cenobites started and what their original process was poor chatterer didn't realize he was a kid This poor so sad but uh, of course this all would have, you know wouldn't have been brought on in a way without Christie showing him the picture of the earlier you know Elliot uh, Spencer and this sort of you know seems to like switch him it's it's Interesting, but we see uh, kind of the showdown between Dr. Chenard trapping Christy and Tiffany, and Christy, of course, finding Julia's skin from a previous uh, scene. Pretty unique uh, trickeroo there. Uh, is able to, of course, rescue Tiffany and uh, killing Dr. Chenard, and uh, you know, basically elsewhere, we uh, we're, we see. T- they, of course, escape and leave. And elsewhere, we see two men are moving Dr. Shenard's belongings from his home, and one is pulled inside the mattress, and the other witnesses a mysterious pillar rise from within it. Um, it just makes me want to watch more. I I loved it. I was hooked. And re- I just thought it was great. And uh, again, I'm still shocked it took me this long to finally catch on to the Hellraiser series. Uh, So... Love the cast. Same guys as before. And uh, if we want to know more about the original Hellraiser, do check out the ScareView episode from September 2019. But uh, we see Claire Higgins, Ashley Lawrence, Kenneth Graham. This is uh, coming in as Dr. Philip Shenard or the Shenard Cenobite. Uh, Igman Borman is. I'm totally mispronouncing that, but it's coming in as Tiffany, the one, the only Doug Bradley as Pinhead and Nicholas Vince as our chatterer and so on, so forth with, uh, with other sort of mix in characters. Now, production wise, Clive Barker returned as the executive producer for this sequel. Uh, Tony Randall directed uh, due to his experience of working with Barker on Hellraiser, he just loved it. So he knew he he could also sort of pick up the dark tone that the movie reflected, and and just which was also at the same time his own mindset of the world. He just very uh, very cynical about everything that was going on. Originally, this film was meant to have a bigger budget, but sadly, this was decreased due to financial issues with uh, one of their main producers, New World Pictures. Now, Nicholas Vince, he plays the chatterer, received a hook to the jaw while filming a scene involving his character being impaled on a swinging torture rack. Um, Earlier, he had requested his character have eyes for vision, um, which totally caused discontent with fans. um, You know, they totally had hated the new design. So the scene in which the character receives his vision was removed from the final cut and kind of causing some introductory scene in Hellbound featuring him in uh, this original eyeless uh, guise. So interesting enough you may see that on the uh, VHS and DVD covers of this film that we picture Pinhead and the female Cenobite dressed as surgeons or doctors, because there was a scene that was cut. Uh, it involved Tiffany and Christy kind of running away from Doctor Chenard and uh, running into two doctors and a nurse. And, what's happening? What? How, what's going on? Who? Eventually, they transformed into Pinhead and the female Cenobite. You know, causing them to c- further continue run running, and of course, uh, you know, give us the audience a real good scare. But this totally discarded basically because the filmmakers thought having a, the actor Douglas Bradley as a normal doctor would essentially confuse the viewers and uh, another was because the special effects for the scene turned out so, so poorly that altogether it was just better to drop it. Now Kenneth Graham uh, or Graham Canam, uh plays uh, Dr. Shannard that I mentioned and um claimed his involvement was only due to the fact that his grandson kept pestering to take the offer, um, who was obsessed with the original. Now, Oliver Smith, who played Skinless Frank in the original due to a skinny frame, allowing the body makeup to be realistic, took on two extra roles in this one, playing Browning, the mental patient, with a delusional uh, parasitosis, um, you know, and uh, eventually the skinless figure of Christie, who we see in the hospital, who writes, I am... I'm, I am in hell. Help me. Now you might wonder why we never saw Christie's father in this one, although he's mentioned quite a bit. Essentially the actor, Andrew Robinson declined to reprise his role. Wasn't doing it whatsoever. So, uh, basically many reasons were given, you know, for why he didn't do it. Money, conflicting schedule, so on and so forth. But it wouldn't be till much later in one of the documentaries that, uh, Kenneth would reveal that Andrew Robinson, in fact, was not a fan of the script and decided not to return it uh, for his character and uh, just just walked away from that. Um, Writer Peter Atkins said that despite liking Robinson as the actor, he was relieved that he declined it as it made the narrative um, work a lot better in the finished project that they had instead of this alternative script with bringing him back. Now, originally rated X by Motion Pictures Association of America, which would have limited it to 17 and older, Barker attributed this to preferring explicit displays of grotesque rather than hinting at it. Hellbound, Hellraiser 2 was shown at the TIFF, the Toronto Festival of Festivals, um, September 9th, 1988, and was later shown in Los Angeles and New York on December 23rd, 1988. Uh, during its theatrical release, Hellbound grossed 12 million, a little over $12 million in the United States, and uh, just equal it to like a million pounds in the UK. And essentially critics rate right split half down the middle. We got 50% really enjoying the film and 50% absolutely hating it. Um, for instance... Basically the consensus reads Hellbound Hellraiser 2 retains a twisted visual thrill of its predecessor seems in the plots already are starting to show. Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun Times wrote that Hellbound Hellraiser 2 is like some kind of avant-garde film strip in which there is no beginning, no middle, no end, but simply a series of gruesome images that can be watched in any order. Element yeah. You are seeing some recycling from the original, but at the same time, that's kind of what the second film is supposed to be, you know, kind of this recycling of the same visuals, the same plot characters, so on, but at the same time kind of giving us a little bit more and that is what Hellbound did. We got to see a little bit more about the Cenobites kind of bringing us further into their twisted, demented universe and I think that's why I loved it so much. And I really hope Hellraiser 3 can continue this, uh, you know, upward cycle of good, entertaining films. Although I have this sick feeling that I'm going to be really, really disappointed. Wish me luck, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you know, without you, there would be no point of doing this. So I appreciate each and every single one of you. If you have anything to say, want to reach out, say hello, have a suggestion, I always up for it. Reach out to me on Instagram and or Twitter. Of course, if you want to see what antics I'm up to, do the same. And, um, as always, I hope you guys are hanging in out there. This world is a crazy place and, uh, we're just about to enter the season finale. So let's hope it brings good things. And, uh, guys, as always, you know, the drill, keep calm, stay creepy.